0: Not... Um, nothing like them niggas. <laughs> yeah. The I would say I want titties, but people be expecting that, so... Hey, you had me fooled, because I'm like, damn, I want the same thing. Like, oh, <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> Not about titties. So I was like, oh, shit. Those two. Yeah. That's always. I want those every day. That's that's a package deal. So anything I ask for outside of titties, you should suspect or expect titties to be a part of that deal. Yeah. It like makes two sense. Two for 20. All right, let's get to what I really want to talk about. I have a beef with our guest today. I have, I have a problem. I got to get at you right now. Writer's um, beef. I've I've been thinking about this for a few months now, and where is our crochet titties? Oh, like, why, did thank we you. Get, thank why you. didn't we? Thank. Why didn't we? Do you know how I many times I was like, all right, Mo, just send a DM, just like yeah, ask yeah, I didn't want to be like, awkward. Just I want to be some. forward. Just like, hey, do you still have these? Or like, can I buy this? Or like, hey, these are great. like, I, the, I would love to Do invest. you think we wouldn't like crochet titties? The cro- they just look so warming and comfortable and cozy. I'll need that type of energy in here. Those titties could have went right on this wall somewhere. It would have been great. You know, and I was just like, I'm very, very... I don't want to say the D word. I, I felt I upset. was being—I felt like I was being entitled, so I didn't say nothing. That too. Yeah. That's why I didn't send the message. I'm like, like, wait, wait, wait. She made this without thinking of us. I was <laughs> like, and I'm like, wait, wait. That's an asshole way of thinking. Yeah. So I can't There's think like that. There's a word of, outside it's like, of yo, us. Like, yo, people like titties yeah. outside of us. It was a humbling moment. I was like, there, that, that, that. Yeah. There it is. It was very humbling. It was a very humbling moment. I'm like, maybe we're not the titty connoisseurs that we think we are. I, 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 it made me work harder. I yeah. knew I wasn't doing enough. So what say you, guest?
1: I think this question goes back to you, uh, Benjamin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you. How, how are you calling yourself a, a titty connoisseur if you was too afraid to reach out reach out and touch for the titties? <gasps>
0: I don't want to get canceled. I'm out of there. I'm <laughs> is out that a, is that a good enough answer? Reach out and touch the titties.
1: Reach out and touch for the titties. With consent. You're asking. Oh. Respectively.
0: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it like that.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't understand. When you just said it, I was like, that's so on brand. But you didn't even <laughs> ask me. You know how many titties I made this summer? I just finished the last rack last week.
0: <laughs> Pun intended. I get, that. I get it. <laughs> the last rack. I like that. Yeah. Can you make us a titty blankie? Yeah. Like,
1: a titty blankie? Yeah. Like how would that look? I, I don't need know.
0: Something huge. Something to go like. Right or here. it don't even have to have a titty on it. We'll just call it a Yo. titty blankie. Or unless if you a can, blanket. It, Yeah. But we're naming it the titty. Oh blanket. yeah, it's like brown. It could just be round in like the middle.
1: It's People like, have pink-ish. asked me for like. <laughs> which are. Ooh, they're really I like easy to sleeping, make.
0: Getting sleepy. Okay. In my mouth. So we can have like a big ass pillow in the shape of a titty. Yeah. Whoa, why don't those exist? Sorry. Why don't those <laughs> exist? Copyright that. <laughs> right, we gotta copyright this. Look, bookmark that. Write that down this <laughs> damn it. Can we erase this? <laughs> can we erase this? No. no. <laughs> but I know somebody's gonna try to take this idea. No, I'm gonna go to sleep tonight hearing Benny screaming. T- <laughs> <laughs> Please. Man, I'm over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> all
0: right, guys, we have out. the wonderful. I call you Moni. You wanna call you Imani? E- e-
1: <laughs> Can you pronounce it?
0: No, I always call you Moni.
1: Yeah, I, ju- I just go by Moni. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> Monty's in the
0: building. Slam it up! Yay!
1: Hey, Make your job thank
0: more. You, thank you. Oh, Brian Patt ice all night. I will say this about the crochet titties. Awesome. They very, they, they, I think they will cure my anxiety. Okay. Like, I look at them, like, oh, everything's going to be all right. Nothing to worry about. You're, you're overreacting, Benny. The titty, the, t- the crochet titties are here for you.
1: I mean, if you guys you want safe, some crochet titties. First of all, I have a shop page. So you could have easily just, like, slid in the DM shop page and been I like, did, hey, I can yeah, I, see, I purchase this? Like I didn't do,
0: you know. I, I you know, had
1: a whole rollout, like.
0: We didn't do I, our I, I due rem- diligence. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, so, I've, I've made so many this summer, and they don't... It, it took me a while, because the first pair that I made was for Jessica for her birthday, because we have this sort of, like, funny joke between us where, <coughs> when the world was open, we would go <laughs> out, and we would be like, cities out, titties out. And so, like, it was just... Uh, like, it was just, like, a joke between us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. And so, we would say that, and so when it was her birthday, her birthday was in quarantine, so I just... I had the idea to make it, and I found a pattern for it. Um, so she was the first one to get them. Mm. And it was just a one of one But then people just kept asking me for it. Like, people kept DMing and seeing if they could buy it. And at that point, I was just... I was crocheting for the anxiety during the pandemic.
0: That makes but sense. That's what I remember. I
1: never really wanted to monetize the whole crochet thing. But people yeah. just kept asking me, and I was just like... Why not?
0: Right. Like, I wonder how you get into crocheting. I know my mom does it. It seemed like some Betty White shit. And, um uh, Does anybody around But then I think it, what you were saying, like, you do it for, like, the anxiety, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because my mom my mom really looks at peace when she crochets. So
1: here's the thing about it. So, like, knitting and crocheting are two different things. So knitting mm-hmm. is just two needles going back and forth with yeah. both your hands. Mm-hmm. Whereas crocheting, one hand's holding the yarn and the other hand is doing, yep, like, the needlework. Yep. And so... I started crocheting, I think the first time I did it, I was in third grade, and, like, the girls Your in little
0: the... little pattern thing? Yeah, the girls yeah. in the
1: upper grades were doing it, and uh, my grandma started teaching me, but she was like, I don't okay. really know, like, the, the in-depth of it, mm-hmm. and so I always just kind of played around with it, but I never finished, like, a project. Hmm. And then my best friend, uh, her name is Amani, so my best friend, she had started teaching me like, on the tail end of high school. And at that time, she was doing something called amigurumi, which is, like, it's, like, the Japanese, Korean... Kind of, sort of. But, like, you know how in, like, the the Asian cultures, they love just, like, cutesy shit? Like, they love, like, little figurines and, like, little clouds with faces and stuff like that. So they make, like, figurines, but, like, out of yarn. And so at that time... Amani was making, like, donuts. So she would, like, give them to people, or she would make keychains out of them. She just had these little crocheted donuts, and you would stuff them with the same stuff that's in, like, teddy bears. And so she was teaching me how to do that. And then when we got to college, I started crocheting because I was anxious, and, like, school was difficult, and I would just rather crochet than, like, study for classes. (laughs) And so I, I remember I made, like, octopus. I made... I would start and stop like scarves and hats and things like I would never actually finish them because I was Mm -mm. only doing it because I was anxious, not because I wanted something. And I don't think I didn't finish a project until it was like my first year out of college and I was living back at home and like 2017 was like a really wild year for me. And so I remember I had gotten really sick that year and I was just, I had just got out of the hospital and so I just like crocheted for like an entire day and I made a hat And that was just, like, kind of how it kicked off. But I've always had yarn and, like, the needles and everything Mm -hmm. in my house. But since the pandemic started back in March, I had just hella time to do it. And so Mm -hmm. I just started watching stuff. And uh, YouTube is good for everything. And so I had watched um, a video. I was like, I want a bucket hat. I wonder if I can make a crochet bucket hat. And so there was a lady on there just, like, showing how to do it. And the first bucket hat took me nine hours to make. And I just sat there from start to finish just doing it because it was so fun. And to go back to what you was saying, Benny, like, the whole your mom looking at peace, it's because you have to count while you're doing it. So, like, if you're not counting your stitches, you could get all the way to the end and it'd be fucked up. Or if you're, like, crocheting (laughs) a scarf and you're not counting – like, you'll start dropping stitches, and you'll start to wonder, why does it not look straight? Why does it look like mm, like it's going you know, diagonal? Yeah, skinny in the middle. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> it. And I've done that so many times. And so—
0: I didn't know there I, was a count to it. I just thought yeah. it was like eyeballing. So okay. when you
1: look at the pattern, it'll tell you each row how many stitches you should have. Dang. And so it's just repetitive. So if I'm sitting there, and I'm super anxious, and I'm reading this pattern, and I'm counting the whole time— and I'm making sure that I'm counting all of my stitches. Yeah. And, like, if I get to the end, I'm like, I should have 80 stitches, but I only have 78. Where are my last two? That means that some rows that I did before then either had too many stitches or too little. And so it's just like, you know how when they tell kids when they get really upset, just, like, count to 10? And mm. it, like, calms them down? It's the same thing. Mm. Makes sense. That mm. was a really long-winded answer, but <laughs> no, no, well, <laughs> that's how I, it works.
0: Yeah. I don't know where... I met you? Same as Ike. You disappeared.
1: Hmm. And I just
0: shrugged. I'm like, all right, she's cool. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My disappeared. And I was like, oh. That's okay. true. That's and, true. And, and, like, she was very, very, very nice and cool. And I'm like, oh.
1: It's the common denominator because most people who I feel like are on the scene or in the culture, they all say the same thing. They're like, you started i saw you with jess and you just kind of popped up yeah and that's actually really true cause that's exactly
0: what i was about
2: to
1: say i don't think i <laughs> even saw y'all you with like jess. sisters but yeah so that's the thing so a lot of a lot of the people that are like creatives and like in the scene y'all have known each other for a really long time like i went to high school or y'all would go to different you know events and stuff i was a really sheltered kind of kid and i was just a homebody i'm I'm 27, and I just like to crochet. So, like, <laughs> my, dad no would always, yeah, my dad would always say I was, like, an old woman that just wanted to sit at home and look at magazines. But <laughs> Like, I grew up in Florence, and well, I, I lived in Jennings for a while, and then from, like, fourth grade through my senior year of college, almost to my senior year of college, uh, I lived in Florissant. Um So I went to McClure North, and... I had, like, my circle of friends, but I wasn't one of those kids that was, like, going to parties or doing things. Like, I was a homebody. Like, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to sit at home and read books or, like, hang out with my dog. Like, I was just—I was a nerd, but I was, like, really proud of it. I was really proud of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in high school, like, I was just super focused on going to college and just, like, what came after that, that. I just didn't really care about the extra social stuff. And so once I had graduated college, I didn't know anybody. And so mm-hmm. I was working downtown at Purina, but. A lot of the stuff that I was doing. So by the time I graduated college, my dad had gotten remarried and moved to Chesterfield. So mm-hmm. when I graduated I was living in Chesterfield, but I had to make the commute every day. And so my friends who lived here, like we was always doing stuff around Cherokee Street or like yeah. Central West End. So all the shit that I was doing was here and then Purina's on Shoto, so it made sense just to like move to South City. Yep. Um, so that was like my first time living in the city and I remember It was that same summer that I had moved. It was was Capacity. I think it was Capacity Mm 2. And I was like, I've been hearing about this event. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Because I had been to Vibes before. Mm -hmm. I think I'd gone to Vibes maybe once or twice. But I went to Capacity. And I was like, I had been talking to people just like randomly on Instagram. And I had followed Jess since like 20... 2013, I think, because I was really into photography. I've always liked cameras and photography and stuff like that, but I was never, like, trying to make a thing out of it. I just like taking pictures for fun. Okay. And I just really liked her eye and I didn't really know any black female photographers that were, like, in St. Louis doing things, but she was one of the people that I just found on Instagram, so. You,
0: you know what? I think you're the first person, or y'all two are the first people that I know in real life that Asked each other out on a friend's day, right, yeah. yeah, and I thought that was so dope. Like, usually you just meet people, and it's just kind of like I think we should normalize. That. Yeah, like that's that's some dope shit. Like, yeah. yo, like hey, I like you.
1: And so <laughs> you know that's the thing, because like when you go to college, all the people who are there, y'all are all around the same age, and when you leave, it's like a bubble. You burst the bubble, and people talk a lot about how do you make friends after As college. A dope. And I've never been one (laughs) of those people who had, like, huge groups of friends. I always kind of, like, have, like, my isolated, like, ride-or-die type friends. Like, I never, like, traveled in groups or was in, like, packs of girls or anything like that. Mm. And so that summer, like, Jess would, like, start commenting. Because that's when Instagram Stories came out. And I think she said this on her episode. But, like, Instagram Stories came out and uh, she had started watching my stories. And she would, like, engage with them and, like, comment on them. And so then by the time I went to that event, I actually got to meet her in person. And we just started talking. She's like, we should we should go to lunch. I was like, yeah, we should go to lunch. You know, people always say they should go to lunch and then don't go to lunch. But, like, one day she was – we were on Instagram. It was, like, a Saturday. And I don't – I think she, like, commented on my story. And then I was like, hey, are you free for brunch? And she was like, yeah, let's go. And so we went to retreat gastropub. And I felt really awkward because I just – I'm kind of I'm an introvert, like to the core. and so I feel really weird just like talking to people that, when I don't know them. But once I start talking, I get really warmed up and like I'm comfortable. But it was just a really good time. And then after that, I just felt like she's really cool. like we should we should keep hanging out. And so it's like it's weird because it's like it's it's like the same concept when you go on a date, but, it's truly <laughs> platonic. Yeah, you know? platonic. Right. I mean, like, you're like, I like her. Like, Snow she's No titties cool. after Yeah, uh,
0: y'all... <laughs> at, right. Y'all are so... literally the... Uh, what's that movie? I Love You, Man. Except without the stupid, like... Well, I don't want to call it stupid, but, like, the... It's the... not two white guys. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like... It's that, right. yeah. like, yeah. like, hey, I'm going to make a friend. Like, I like this person. We like each other. Let's kick it. Yeah. That's and literally it, how it happens. People just don't say it. Yeah. But, like... The reason I'm friend with Benny, like, we was drunk rapping Jay-Z. And I was like, look, guy it's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, like, we've been tight since. Like, <laughs> it was that easy, yeah. And it's,
1: it's just, like, after that, she would start inviting me to things, and mm. we would just go to events and stuff, and I just thought it was really fun, and that's how I met so many people. So, like... Community. She, yeah, so, like, in the past two years ago, I didn't know a lot of the people that I know now. I certainly didn't know you guys, and mm. so... When I was just going to stuff with Jess, y'all would naturally come over and say hi to her, and I would be there, so I would introduce myself. So that's pretty much that. Probably is how yeah. we met. That no, is I'm how thinking we about met. It. Like, Okay, I'm pretty. I, don't, sure. I, don't, I, don't I was late an to an the event, scene, but I just know that's I you would see y'all Jess. together a lot, the mm-hmm. and then that's how I found out about the podcast.
0: You two should have a a Twitch channel or something.
1: No, we shouldn't, Benny.
0: Well, I'm not saying like you have to be consistent. But just some random. Just watch my day, friends. We got a YouTube video out. We just did it because we could today, and that's it. And that's all you're gonna get. And then boom, it'll be some (laughs) funny shit. Because I know y'all have some very great conversations. Well,
1: you know what? I feel like people think that me and Jess were sisters because we both was some Kelly Rollins with short hair, and so um, (laughs) like at that time, like I was wearing my hair Jess's length for like three or four years, and so. When she met me, that's when I actually let it grow out. But everybody was like, oh, you look like Jess. Y'all look like Jess. And then my dad met her because she took family portraits. And he was like, yeah, y'all kind of look alike. Like, I, I see it.
0: <laughs> Do you remember the four hands water joke that was going yes. on? I think that was the beginning <laughs> of Corona. <laughs> mm. Like, we was like, you drank the four hands. I think that was like Slumfest early this year?
1: Uh, no, that was at, um, it's funny because that's the same night that I, like, Talked Ike for the first time. It was at um, that show that they had at Atomic where it was like all those people on the ticket. It oh. was... it was That wasn't Slumpus. No, but it was in February at Atomic. February of 2019. Corona. Yeah. And I remember, because we were just making a joke and I didn't really know you that much. And me and Jess used to laugh about this all the time because I'd be like... You was like, what y'all drinking? I was like, four hands four water. Four hands water, yeah. <laughs> and then you just looked at us, you had your pinky up, but you was like... Y'all
0: weird. <laughs> and I think I, like, walked away.
1: Yeah,
0: he was like, Y'all weird. like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think making friends as an adult is hard because it's kind of some vulnerable shit, man. Yeah. You know? like You got to be a, honest. Yeah, like, and then you got, like, I don't want to call them old friends. Like, they washed up or something. Yeah. Like, you can't be cool with them no more. But it's like, you kind of, like, already, like, setting your ways. Yeah, it's different like, standards. I got my circle yeah. already in. And then he's like, oh. No recruiting. No yeah. recruiting. But then <laughs> at you as you as you grow an adult, yep. like you get to realize like, okay, I get to pick what kind of people I want to be around. So like, all right, nigga, you wanna be friends? Here's mm. the interview. Like, <laughs> you like chicken?
1: <laughs> what? But then the other thing is like, you know, like you said, as you grow, like your interests change and you you, yeah, absolutely. you may stay with like the core group of people, but as your interests change and you trying to I guess like find things that excite you or things that you're just like getting into you tend to those people tend to just come yeah. so like yep. had i not met jess i wouldn't i probably wouldn't be doing any of the stuff that i'm doing right now or have had any of the opportunities so jess jess is a really great friend and she's a friend for life but she's also a huge piece of the puzzle as to like why i'm at why i'm at where i am now
0: mm-hmm. yeah man yeah, I, I like yeah. this because when you're an adult you got like you got yourself kind of figured out, kind of. A few missing parts. At least at that time, yeah, you have like, an idea. Yeah, yeah. he's like, and it, it, yeah, you have an idea, and then you have an idea of who you want around you. And he's like, you know what? You're cool. Let's drink margaritas. Come on. Yeah, like right. you know, like I see you two times a week. Yeah, like, it, it, it's meant to be. Yeah, it's meant for to be. Yeah, we follow each up. other on three different platforms. Like, all right, come and, on. And
1: you know what? I've made more friends online this year than i ever have mainly because of what's going on but Mm -hmm. like i call them my instagram cousins so it's like people that i don't even know that live in different cities and it's like if i were ever to visit i would have somebody to go to lunch with or maybe they let me stay in a second bedroom or like Mm -hmm. stuff like that and it's just just being genuine and not trying to get stuff from people really helps you to find uh your tribe
0: doesn't that feel good yeah, like that's a good emotion to feel. The emotion it's of friendship, like, like you accept me. Yeah, like <laughs> really, like yeah. there's, there's no, there's no ulterior motive. It's just like yo, like you're so good, it. I'm good. That that feels great.
1: There's this book that I read, and you know, like Lost growing, up, you know, like girls growing <laughs> up, like. You ever hear girls be like, I don't fuck with females. Like, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. So it sounded
0: like that was the beginning of your story. You was like, I didn't have no friends in no, high school. No, I was
1: <laughs> just saying, and like, I like, oh. didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't, like, drawn to, like, groups of girls. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've always had girlfriends, but, like, I've okay. I never, like, I'm not good with being in a pack. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this book that I read by Roxane Gay called uh, Bad Feminist, she talks about that. And she's like, if you are a woman who says that you don't deal with other women, then you're the problem because you know women need sisterhood just like men need brotherhood because we all relate to each other because of those things.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I, I definitely heard of that author before. I think so where did I see that book at? Oh, I can't remember. Somebody, somebody in my family had a book that she wrote,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: just, and it had like an interesting title. That's what it caught my eye. I'm like, hmm.
1: She also wrote a book called Hunger. And she also wrote. Um, she did the the writing for the uh, Black Panther uh, comics. Oh, that's I would say why that's seen what. Name, yeah, I've seen the name, but I don't think mm-hmm. it was attached to that title. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't know it was that either, though. We had an interesting, well, semi, yeah, because we didn't go, we didn't dive deep into it before we got on air and shit. But how you were talking about that? Um, you didn't write at all during the <laughs> pandemic, and it kind of. Went into like why. So I just want you to tell the people that's listening like why you didn't because let's let's be let's be real. When the pandemic hit, it you saw like a lot of like, you know, niggas that read fucking rich dad, <laughs> poor dad. Like, oh nigga, you ain't built Oh fucking empire why you got all this time to yourself yeah. and you ain't creating this shit I'm like the fuck I'm not nigga niggas is dying nigga like and, pen- I, and at that time I didn't have a test yet so of course I'm paranoid and shit like I'm nigga the last thing on my mind is writing at yeah. that point cause
1: the, it was it was the penitentiary reading list that's what it was it mm-hmm. was like Rich Dad Poor Dad, Forty Eight Laws of Power. Worst book ever. Uh, what's the one f- by Donald Trump? Uh, the art, How to Make a Deal or Art of the Deal or something like that. It's just all them Malcolm like,
0: Gladwell books. All,
1: <laughs> what the dog saw, like all of those like deep fried hood nigga books. Like I just, <laughs> I don't like those. Make, no, uh, those
0: are the books that like when a, a nigga reads just like twenty pages. Of rich dad, poor dad. The, art, off... of the yeah. art of war. The art of
1: war is another
0: one. <laughs> that nigga, that nigga starts a consulting business after twenty pages. Like, just... I'm
1: gonna show you how to elevate your brain. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: nigga. <laughs> like, bro, you work at Outback Steakhouse. Calm the fuck down. Like, B. We like both what trying do you to want? Like, out. stop. Like, I, I don't like that shit, man. But yeah, like you were saying, like off air, like how you wasn't writing and I wasn't either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like. It's just not there. Baby, uh,
1: first of all, I have I have a bone to pick with you, okay? Oh, oh, so I, like I, I think yeah. about this often, and I just think it's so funny because there was one night we were all at Foam, and, like, you came over to me. I didn't really know you that much, but you, like, talked to Ike, and then you said hi. And, oh. <laughs> yeah, this was a while ago. And I was like, oh, I read your blog, and I enjoy it. I enjoy your perspective. And you're like, oh, thanks so much. And I was like, yeah, I... I don't really have, like, the wherewithal to, like, write personal topics, like, or write what I think every day. And I was like, I think that's cool that you're consistent with it. And I th- I had asked you, I was like, so how do you decide what you're going to write every day? Like, do you plan this out? And you, like, completely bypassed the question and you, like, patted me on the back like a small child and was like, you'll get there. I was, like, <laughs> what? What? I- I'm gonna tell you what I'm probably about happened. I'm not Tiana Taylor, but Google me because I was just like, he did not just say that. But I was like, he doesn't, he doesn't know me that well. But when you patted me, you literally went, "You'll get there." He and probably I was like, had a
0: couple drinks that I probably bought. Man, it probably was my fault. I don't remember. He
1: probably was in a uh-huh. rush or something. Mm-mm.
0: I rem- I remember a good you guy. asking me about writing, <laughs> and I thought I gave like some long winded ass answer.
1: Nah, you told me I'll get there. Like. That's great weird. advice, though. Ch- he was up. right. You was like chin up, little nigga. You can write someday.
0: <laughs> like, and I'm I'm not even, I'm not even that. I'm not even big. <laughs> so like, I was just kind of like
1: shocked. I was just like, what? This cocky son of a bitch. And, <laughs> and then, and then another time, another time it was uh it was Roach's birthday, and that that's when he had up. the thing at Blue 20s. Blue Lounge.
0: Oh, that and, was that. Wait,
1: cause the, that and like the the DJ Hood Bunny party was like the same night at the Fellowship. I hate that place. Um, same. Okay.
0: Right. Y'all,
1: y'all was there first, and then we went to Roach's thing. Well, oh. not us together, but I went to Roach's thing afterward, and yeah, you were there. We were there
0: afterwards. And and you, we was fucked up that night. Yeah. Like, we
1: were super fucked yeah. up that night. Yeah. And you kept talking to me, and you was like, Monty, do you like my blog? Do you like my <laughs> blog? And I was just like, Benny, we've talked about this. Like, but what, what, what do you think about my blog? And I was just like, I,
0: I told did not say you, blog like this. Yes, I you hope did. I hope you did. I did not say I blog, blog like <laughs> this. <laughs> yes, did. I, did not, I did not say blog like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I oh,
2: this. this going on. I
1: was completely sober, See? and I wanted to go to Lee's Chicken. I remember that. That's oh, right around the corner. I'm saying like, she was like, Monty, you like my blog? My blog. <laughs> my blog,
0: my blog. How do you like? What do you think? How you like my blog? <laughs> my man. blog. Oh shit, that's funny. Do you have any more Benny stories? Like, <laughs> right. I'm I'm enjoying note. this. side note. Oh, last night, you don't have no mo stories. Me and
1: Ike was talking. Yes. I probably do. No, you. I do have some most oh. stories. Some mo that's mo next stories. Next episode. But, okay. <laughs> yeah, last night is a side note, but it just made me think of something. Last night, me and Ike was talking about. Y'all remember watching the Powerpuff Girls and any time... They saw Mojo Jojo. He could literally be at the grocery store, like checking out. He would beat just beat, beat his ass on. Like, what the site. fuck are you doing, being normal? Like, last, of, we watched some clips, and it was like Mojo Jojo. Like his brain was like out of his hat. His his fingers was broke his out. Glass of his was gloves. And shit. Yeah. His lips was. They ripped. didn't care about that. And name. they didn't care. And people was in the YouTube comments like, "Way too far, bro. Not cool."
0: People <laughs> <laughs> really care about
1: Mojo. I love Jojo. when white people be like, "Not cool, bro."
0: Not, Not cool. cool. Not cool. Calm down, man. Calm down, man. What? What? How did you get into writing? Besides my blog.
1: <laughs> Your blog didn't get me into writing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna say I don't think
0: she said. That. I know. No, I'm just uh, fucking with her. We just wanna say blog.
1: I had I had always been like really into writing short stories when I was a kid, and so. You know, there's always the kids who's like, one time at band camp, I did go to band camp in high school, but For... I also went, uh, I played the clarinet and the bass huh. clarinet. Win-win. Yeah. Cool. And so, um, <laughs> I used to go to like writing camps in the summer. Damn. And so um, That's the
0: nerdiest thing I've heard all day.
1: Yeah. So, I used to go to the palace. When I was a kid, like, oh, no, everybody did. Hold to hood it up now. <laughs> no, I was going no, to the it, palace no, and the listen. writing caps, No, no, no. I get so it. I, I just went to, it. I went to the palace when I was a kid, and I remember, like, in the summertime, you know, if you get in trouble, you got to write the sentences, and you can't stay, you can't go outside, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So that year, the palace had got, like, this huge grant, and they... They had put all of this new stuff in the back room. Like, it was all new toys, arts and crafts, and books. And I read, like, all of the books that they had there. And I just remember feeling like, I don't want to go outside. I would rather read a book or, like, write the sentences. And so I asked. I was like, can I just write the sentences? And the counselor was like, you were. And And I was just like, but can I do it? And I just sat there and wrote stupid sentences and, like, read books. But I'd always been like that. And I'm, like... I'm a collector of like journals and notebooks and and pens. Like, I go crazy for mm. some like uh, some post-it notes, man. Like that that side of Instagram, whew, it's just ah, amazing. Okay, okay. But anyway, so I was always like into short stories and like reading. And if you're going to be a writer, you have to read. But that wasn't yeah. why I was doing it. I just really like I just I've always liked words. And so um, by the time I was like in middle school, I was going to like creative writing camps. And then when I was in high school, I was like, okay, I know I'm, I know what this is called now. Like, I know I want to be a journalist. And so I was just, like, prepping. Like, my whole high school career was, like, geared toward going to Mizzou for journalism because I just mm. knew that that was... That's, how did that's you know, the hub for journalism. How did right. you know you
0: wanted to go to Mizzou for that?
1: Well, see, at There's first I... There's so many I,
0: famous journalists that went there, man.
1: At first I didn't know I wanted to go there. My dad kept telling me I should go. and He was like, okay. it's in-state. You don't have to pay out-of-state fees. Mm-hmm. And it's the number one school of journalism. But I was like so hooked on going to like Boston University or just like all these different places. Like I wanted to go to Colorado for a while, but the summer before my senior year, I was uh, I was named like editor in chief of the newspaper, so I was gearing up for that. But I went to three different camps before my senior year. So one was in Tuscaloosa at U of A. Okay. Another one was in Michigan. Uh, Michigan State and then the other one was at Mizzou so Mizzou was the final one that summer so I was gone like the entire summer before my senior year and during that time when I was in Alabama that was the year that they had that really bad tornado and like athletes was dying like prominent Mm -hmm. people was dying and so we reported on that And then I went to Michigan, and, like, that was the best one because I was meeting people from, like, CNN and MSNBC, like, all the people that you see on TV that are, like, the top-paid journalists. I I got to meet them, and, like, I won a scholarship while I was there, and then I won a scholarship when I was in Alabama, and then the last one was Mizzou. And, like, when I had finally, like, gone to Mizzou and, like, saw the school of journalism and just, like, talked to professors, I felt like— Okay, I think this is the one. Like, it took one visit, and I was just like, I'm gonna go here. That was it. So that was pretty much it. But I was always writing. I wasn't really writing short stories anymore. I was just more so focused on being a reporter, being a journalist. And I won a scholarship um, from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and it was like you get four years of college. It was like thirty grand or whatever, and as part of the scholarship you got an internship with them every summer Mm -hmm. and so from my freshman year I would come home every summer and work at the post and I learned so many things but like the the most pivotal moment was 2014 because I was actually sitting like like, across from the crime desk when I heard the like the initial call come in that someone had been shot in Ferguson and so like you know looking back hindsight's 2020 but I didn't realize that that was, like, a really pivotal moment, and it was, like, the coming of History. the second civil rights. Yeah. right. And so it was just, like, it was my last week of my internship because I was supposed to go back to school because he was he was killed on, on the 9th, right? August,
0: yeah, August. August 9th.
1: And I was supposed to go back to school, like, the next week, but the post ended up extending the internship one more week because there was just so much stuff going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And so another intern and I, my friend Kia, um... We went down to Ferguson, and, like, that was the first time I met Mastermind when he was still part of, like, MME, and I met so many okay. people who I realized now were people that I met back then yeah. because I was, I turned 21 that summer, I think. Okay. And I was, we were just interviewing people that were our age and getting, like, multimedia and, and just videos and pictures and quotes and stuff. And I realized just with what was going on, I didn't want to be that type of journalist anymore Mm -hmm. because of what was happening and how I've always known you can't put yourself in your stories, but it was really weird to be inside of the newsroom and seeing how journalists were talking and how the stories were being shaped. And that's another thing I noticed that Mm. when I was in college of there's a course you have to take in Mizzou called multicultural uh, or cross-cultural journalism. And so in that course you learn a lot about how to, how to cover different topics, people from different countries, uh, orientations. You just learn about so many diverse aspects of just people and how to cover it. But those same kids that were in that class who were just making jokes about what was going on in real time and who were making jokes about race and, and sex and all of that are the same ones who are getting top jobs at these um, these news stations or these mm. publications. And they're the ones who it's are deep. affecting the framing of how right, of yeah. the stuff that you read in yeah. the news. And Basically just, the
0: perspective. Right.
1: Yeah. And so while you can't put yourself into it, framing is very important as far yeah. as journalism goes. And so it was it was Mike Brown's killing that just made me feel like I don't want to do that. But I was also about to start my junior year of college. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. So in Mizzou, they have this thing where you can kind of create your own degree. And so... I switched from journalism to interdisciplinary studies. So basically, you, you choose two to three things that have to do with each other mm-hmm. and um, you create your own degree. So it was mm-hmm. for me journalism, communication, and media story, and media telling. Media, okay. I'm sorry, digital storytelling and media studies. That's what it's called.
0: <laughs> you said media. That kind of covers yeah, it all. Covers yeah. All. yeah. yeah. We smoke break it right now because. I didn't know Monty was that accomplished. I feel like an <laughs> asshole. I'm, I would oh, like to apologize for those drunk nights. Uh, my blog. I'm, like, I'm not a writer. I ain't got to be in
2: your way. You my blog, blog. Money, do
1: you like my blog?
3: <laughs> Polite. Cool. Like, check out, man. You lack, you lose. You got to stay on your toes. For real. Oh, good job, Sledge. The Port of San Francisco, nigga. Sledger. Let me talk to you for a I be always at the bank, I never see you niggas So much money in this safe, I need a camera in it Low key, 30 days in this Honda Civic 200k in a month, bitch I gotta get it Four whips, paid off, that was something slight Fuck your record deal bitch, Ho you see this ice This really me in real life, you just rap about it and if this shit don't work, then I'll trap about it Try to snatch a nigga chain, then I'll clap about it I'm not a SoundCloud rapper, bitch, I'm really bout it Next year I'm coppin' something with a water fountain I live in San Francisco, bitch, you better check them prices Not a flaw, in my diamonds, ask Isaac bout you never see me in the city, I'm always on the flight If them numbers on point, then we can go tonight Send that tracking number and put it on the flight yeah, right, right. 7, It's 7 in the morning, I thank yeah. God for waking up 30 day run, get ready, then roll up The more L's yeah. I take, the more that I, yeah. do I do numbers No matter how much money I make, I stay humble Discipline
0: Alright, I'm gonna go on a record And say this on my birthday I, I'm really in a, a cognac hating phase right now I, I hate yeah. Cognac. Uh, bro, I haven't like, craved, like, Ducé. I hate Ducé, bro. Or Remy like, in a minute. I, I like, already, Henny's already been in that boat for years. Like, fuck Henny. But, like, Ducé, I'm there. Because, you know why I hate Cognac for real, for real, though? Like, besides, like, Remy and uh, Martel right here. Martel Marty on the camera. Try that, <laughs> Is, as soon as, like, there's a popular Cognac... It, it becomes like everything. Line. Yeah. Like it's a hey, I made Douce Alfredo today. What? <laughs> I, what the fuck is Douce doing in yeah. Alfredo? duce that,
1: infused wings. duce yeah. infused biscuits. Yeah, like everything, everything becomes like, Ducé cupcakes. Yeah. They did that shit with Henny too. Henny, like Duce like, honey glaze. Yeah, white, remember
0: when White Remy came out? <sighs> yeah. yeah. It was actually decent though. I, I, you know, I believe it. I never had it. I I Remy <laughs> has always been the top shelf <laughs> cognac. And people like, no, I would prefer Henny. Remy over Henny and Doucet. Yeah, like it was just yeah. it was just better. It was just a better cognac. And niggas would be niggas, I guess. I don't know. Shit. Like That's it was just like no, the I am tired of cognac. I'm tired. Every time I think of cognac, I think of networking. And I hate networking. <laughs> so like Because you know how like you you like you go to like any type of event and you're just there shooting the shit and just talking about bullshit. And then it has to be just that one. Woman or one man that is just like He's yo. Yes, yeah, one nigga, gender neutral. That one nigga <laughs> that is there, just on some. What are any? Are you trying to pick my brain? Fuck no, nigga. Like I'm here to get <laughs> fucked up. Like what are you talking about? Like we not we not talking about We're shit. Not networking. Yeah, like what do you want, dog? Like only niggas who wear fancy vests be talking like that. And Cardigan. I don't trust niggas in fancy vests. Like you know, like you know, you got a you in a wedding or some shit. Got the suit jacket, then you got the vest underneath. There's some niggas that go to events and just the vest. Oh, and the white tee up under it and shit. Yeah, I don't like or that. Or just sh- the
1: vest. Yeah.
0: I, I don't like vest niggas, man.
1: I don't like the vest niggas with the button downs with the sleeves roll up, and like he, now he look like he work at a saloon in a western town.
2: Nigga <laughs> <laughs> like a bartender. Those aren't shit. my favorite. Yeah. Shit.
1: <laughs> and the pants never go either. No, oh, I hate like the vest niggas. Vest is a standalone piece.
0: <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't trust tr- them niggas. No, I don't trust no. niggas. Those are, that's a, those are more niggas a part of like that forex conspiracy. Yeah. Like right, right next to
1: the buff niggas. <laughs>
0: no, them forex niggas they just won't stop. The bro. thing
1: that I don't like about the whole like rise of Instagram, like entrepreneurs and people who Make it seem like there's this big secret that they got and like you just don't know how to tap into making a hundred yeah. grand a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that thing or just being like, I'm doing this from home. I can't believe y'all missing out on this opportunity. Yeah. And it's just like, but what what is what is the opportunity? Like, oh you know what it is. What what is what is it? It always what, is
0: what it is. What
1: is it? Like what what it I don't know what yeah, it is. You know what I'm Tell me what it is. And then my thing is because
0: I don't, just because I don't know, like don't bash me about it, like damn, bro, thought we was homies. Teach me, bro. Like <laughs> they're like, no, you gotta pay for this. Well, fuck you, then. No, nah, I don't care. Like I, I said this off air, but I was on Clubhouse Monday, right? This is the longest. Well. Yeah, this might have been the longest I've been on there, like, consecutive hours where it's just kind of like... I had a group going on, but then I realized, like, yo, this shit is not for me to have my own room. I don't Mm -hmm. like that shit. It's very awkward. I have to be the moderator. Not my thing. I'm a Mm -hmm. nigga that's just in the background. All right, who's running the room? Let me raise my hand, say some shit, and get the fuck out the room. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm that type of, like... Participant on Clubhouse unless it's anime. If it's anime, I'm all in. Yeah, but anything yeah. else, I don't I'm, I'm cracking jokes. That's Absolutely. what I'm looking for. So we cracking jokes. My room is in shambles. Like it's just <laughs> this nigga wine shot. Never what they this nigga wine shot me. Shout out to one shot me. This nigga comes in, like he just start talking about chitlins. <laughs> so we just talking about chitlins the whole time <laughs> for the rest of the night, dog. Like this shit's hilarious. Then Rail and everybody else come in and just become a flaming session. You know what I'm saying? So niggas playing. I flame. was
1: in that one, and every single person that came in there, I was like reading their bio, and the guy was like formerly Viacom. Serious, E-T. like they're serious as fuck coming in here, dog. And just flaming them. It was like, <laughs> look at that nigga haircut. So, Why you in here?
2: <laughs> so
0: this this woman comes in, and they they come on like we look at the bottom. Like it's one nigga. He had on like this this big ass tie. I'm just flaming this tie, dog. Like, yo, like look at this nigga tie, dog. Nigga look like a Dick Tracy character. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm just flaming this nigga. And then this this girl comes in and we, we was nice to the women, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we wasn't known them like that. And she somebody had said like, "Yo, such and such look like she don't she don't like the joke." She's like, "Oh, you're right. I want to get money. Goodbye." And like she was dead serious. And so she left the room and everybody just started laughing because like, dog, I, I can not hear the cap of your voice. <laughs> You're a struggling YouTuber, and I can hear it. Like, so don't, don't come to me with this money talk. Like, I don't like... That's the one thing I don't like about that platform. It's just, like, everybody... Like you said, look at their bio. Yeah. Viacom. I know Katy Perry, like, type shit. Like, dog, like, calm the fuck down. My, favorite, my
1: favorite is the Formerly's. Like, they'll put <laughs> Formerly NBC, Formerly Janet Jackson's team, Formerly Bar, yeah. Formerly... Yeah, huh? Farmerly, McDonald's corporate. And it's just like, why are you putting all of your old... Like, that's what they do on LinkedIn. So it's starting, yeah, to, yeah, it's starting yeah. to feel like an audio LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And some of it is good, some of it is fun. Like, I like I like just, you know, BSing in some rooms, or I like yeah, the yeah. rooms where... There was a really good conversation last week about, like, is is hip-hop a lifestyle or a death style? And that was, like, coming off the back of King Von getting killed. Right. And so, like, it was a really good room. And it was people from all different sides of the country with different perspectives. but. Those rooms about marketing and elevating your brand, Man, like, yeah. you like that'd be hurting that, yeah. my feelings. Like that'd <laughs> be hurting my feelings. Like I was in there and I asked a question about like organic. And see here, go to buzzwords. Like organic growth of uh, <laughs> oh, was... Instagram followers and engagement, click through mm-hmm. rates. And the guy was like, "Yeah, I'm looking at your profile and like I I, I just don't understand what you do. Like it's just not I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Like you have pictures of pasta. What, what is your, <laughs> like what's the pasta mean?" And and I was like, I'm not selling anything. Like, I'm not selling flat tummy <laughs> tees or, like, we're, we're, we're my here. vendor list in Atlanta. Like, we're, that's not We're here on a, a platform
0: discussing, like, the topic at hand. That was a part of the topic that yeah. I just asked. Like, what the fuck?
1: But what, it was, it just, it, it, for, it's the condescension for yeah, me. Yeah, that's the word. It's the pretentious yeah. for me. It's mm-hmm. the arrogance for me because it's just, like, I get that people be on there trying to you know do jobs whatever but it just be people in there who are just trying to see who can be the loudest the longest and my favorite is the ones that are like the upper echelon people and you can hear them in the background it's like sorry I'm driving um, and I'm gonna have to hop off like this isn't Zoom (laughs) like this is all of this is 100% Katie, optional. Katie, for, for,
0: I would like to piggyback off you. Uh, I would like to pivot this.
1: Like, I just want to make sure that we What are these words? I just want to make sure we're holding space um, for what's <laughs> what, at hand. What, what are these um, words? So, yeah, if we could just stay on topic, guys.
0: You work Thank at Target. You. <laughs> Target. What the fuck? Are we, what are we talking about here, man? Like, yo, like, like are we... Re- You're not it's, that it's important. Just, like It feels like... You ever been in a group interview trying to get a job? and it's always that extra motherfucker every time. It's like, no, we're, we're interviewing We're interviewing to be a part of Amber Crabby and Fritch. Like, we're bro. selling knives, bro. No, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is commission-based. Yeah, like, like, just shut up, bro. This we're is wait for 3 o'clock. This here is here.
0: Applebee's, dog. Like, you're going to be on the dishes. I'm going to be on the fry side, bro. Like, it doesn't matter yeah, what goes on up. what we're saying. Like, yeah. open interview, my dude. But back to Monty's life. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where we left off before. Okay. We were at the internship, post-dispatch, Mike Brown, and you you knew at that moment that you did not want to pursue... Was it that type of journalism or just be in that atmosphere?
1: I didn't want to be a reporter. I thought that was okay, a, Reporter okay. at that point. Okay. I thought that was just, like, not for me. And so, like, I just... I finished school and... That summer, I got a job uh, doing social media because I had other skills, like I was doing marketing, social media, and I learned so many different parts of storytelling because at that time, like social media was really emerging. Mm-hmm. And so um I had learned that in school of like how to use Instagram to, you know, report or how to use all of these different video apps that was coming out and stuff like that. And so I was doing social media internship at a company in Columbia. And then when I got back to St. Louis, I got hired. To be on a social media team, I use that loosely, at Purina. And, <laughs> uh, but it, like Purina was great. It was just a company that I worked for that was hired by Purina that just wasn't so great. Okay. But um, I was really thankful for that because it gave me a lot of experience. But like behind the scenes, I had started writing a blog. And so... That's what a lot of journalists do. Like, if you're not working for a full-time publication, if you're not, like, a staff writer or whatever, a lot of people just start blogs because it's the easiest way Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. your writing out and to just, like, like Ben, you know this, like, just to get your writing out and just to, like, have a consistent, like, platform. My blog. Your blog. (laughs) Blog. (laughs) It's it's totally just, like, run by you. Mm -hmm. And so you get that autonomy that a lot of people are looking for while also being able to if you want a freelancer, if you want a pitch, or if you want to try to get a job, you can show yeah. that you know how to write. Mm-hmm. And so I was just writing about my life because, like, 2017, 2018 was, like, a dumpster fire for me. And so I was just writing about my personal life but putting my own spin on, like, dating stories or people that I met or just, like, BS that I had been, like, dealing with in day-to-day life. And so I kind of started getting a following from that and people w- were interested in what I had to say. Um, but then I started writing, like, personal essays for the lily which is a news vertical under the huffington post or uh my mom had passed away that year so i wrote about my mom and like growing up uh without her and like how i was seeing myself through her at at that same age and so i was writing a lot of personal things and still doing my blog um so I would say even though I had a 9 to 5, I was still, like, freelancing and doing that. So, like, I consider my full-time job to be just that. It's my job versus, like, my writing is what I feel is my career. And so yeah. I, I I try to keep the two separate because when I'm done with, like, my day job, like, I'm just done with it. I'm not the type of person that's going to spend hours and hours after the fact trying to, like, do something mm-hmm. with
0: work. You don't take it home. Always Absolutely
1: work. not. Yeah. And so... The thing about writing is I felt so comfortable doing it whenever I wanted because I had a full-time job and I didn't have to rely on my art to pay bills. Mm. And like in a perfect world, yeah, I would love to sit at home and just like write articles and like let the money come in when it come in, but that's just not it because I I do have a chronic illness and so I need health insurance. Mm. And so um I turned 26 and like I was off my dad's health insurance and I was just making sure that I was working somewhere that was giving me benefits because that's it's crucial to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I still have a full time job in social media. Um, I have a lot more autonomy with it now. But uh, as far as like consistent freelancing for what people know me for, which is Riverfront Times, um, I never set out to write about music. It just it just came to me. Because um, I had been writing local community news for um, the North Sider and the South Sider, which is a vertical under Antonio French.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I was just writing community stuff. And so, since I was going to events like with Jess yeah. and like really being a part of the community, nobody was writing about it. And so, I started writing That's what about I it. Remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, the first like one of the first pieces was about uh, seals for uh, art mimosas and pancakes. Yeah, I remember yeah. Yeah, I that remember was like it. the first one. Mm-hmm. And then, after that, I just started writing a lot about like, the community creative stuff. And then that's when, this was in late 2018. No, it was late 2019. Jerry had approached me, and he was like, because I had met him through Mike and Jess, and I remembered him because he went to Mizzou at the same time I did. And so uh, he had approached me about, uh, he had just shot Bag Season with Louis Couture's, and he was, I had already liked his music from before, Mm -hmm. and he was like, this is my new song, and it's great. And I believed him, and he was like, would you write about it? But I knew that, um, I knew that it, that the, sorry, can I use the bathroom?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really had to I knew it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It is okay.
0: Polite Coolery. Welcome back. Continue.
1: Oh yeah, so Jerry had uh, asked me to write about bag season, and I didn't want to put it in a community news uh, newspaper, because it just wouldn't have the reach, and so the Riverfront Times was a publication I'd always wanted to write for, because I remember when I was a kid, just like really... Enamored with the writing style and they was wild when I was a kid because that was back when they still had like prostitutes in the yep. end of the... Yeah, uh, I would say it was
0: really real. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I just really liked because they're an indie publication so they're ah. super independent. Mm-hmm. They don't really what have to. anybody to answer yeah. to. Yeah.
0: They've said some wild ass titles on Twitter. Yeah, like, definitely. Like this year. Like, yeah. like what the... Who? <laughs> I so, thought it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah,
1: and so I just... I, I pitched it to him, uh, Daniel Hill in the music session mm-hmm. um, and he was like, yeah, go ahead. Head. but in the middle of me writing about that that was the same time um the nike turbo was on netflix for um, oh, yeah, rhythm, yeah. And rhythm and flow and so no other publication had written about it in st louis and i was sitting on it for like three weeks before it was actually published because jerry's story came out first and then Nike's story came out two weeks later but i was writing them both at the same time and so once the nike turbo turbo story came out i felt like i had enough like credibility and clout with them to be like you know you don't have any reporters reporting on these things and I just feel like I should be the one to do it and so they were fine with that and they were like yeah and so when I started writing about musicians it was because I was in the community that they were in I was going to Mm -hmm. the events and so that's why I say Jess is a huge piece of the puzzle because had had she and I not met I don't think any of those things would have happened because it all came through genuine connections and because Jerry and I knew each other beforehand. And so I just feel like I cultivated um, a beat that was about us. And I say us because I feel like I'm part of it now. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of talent in St. Louis that's just not getting the recognition and it's not getting the sort of writing that it deserves and the sort of, um, press that it deserves. and I feel really honored that so many artists have allowed me to talk to them and to like be in their personal space and ask them really personal questions because i've I've asked people mm-hmm. um about you know horrible things that have happened to them or mm-hmm. you know, Shauna B almost died in a car accident. Uh, Jay demol talks mm-hmm. about right. PTSD and that's 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 stuff that people hold dear to them and it's really vulnerable uh, information. so that's another thing. I, I try to write stories with intention, and I think now because there's the access with like me writing for RFT, um, a lot of artists they see this as their opportunity we to get to press, that. yeah. and that's understandable and it's 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 deserved. But I have to tell artists all the time that i write stories with intention and not necessarily just like mentions of projects that are coming out because
0: it's, yeah. it's there because
2: i'm right there. exactly yeah.
1: so i try to i wouldn't say that music is my niche that's like really important i i like writing about people i like writing features and profiles mm-hmm. so with rft if you read my stories um yeah the music is there but it's kind of an aside you know like this musician is being published in the music section, but I want people to learn about them. So, like, when I wrote about Jay Damal, I wanted people to learn about him the same way I did because I heard the song Truman. He performed it at one of the Stag sessions last summer, and I was just really captivated by it, but I didn't get to meet him until a couple of weeks, a couple of months later Mm -hmm. at uh, Max's release, uh, Melt. Mm -hmm. And so that was just another genuine connection because Mike introduced me to him and that was, like, right after the Jerry piece came out and he said that he read it. And so it was just a really organic connection Um, and he was, like, probably one of my favorite pieces that I've written out of all the ones that I've written because he's just extremely um, intelligent, very intellectual. He has a lot of insightful things to say and... I'd never met anybody like him before. Now,
0: I wanna talk about the uh the one piece you did for uh, Riverfront Times with uh when Nayara was the photographer for it. Mm-hmm. And it was just all black women yeah. on the front. Like how did that come about?
1: Um, so when the pandemic happened, RFT laid off ninety-eight percent of their staff. Yeah. They're right, a small yeah. staff, and mm-hmm. so there was no money for their Uh, staff writers to be there and so at first that included my boss but um well my editor Daniel and so he decided that he was just going to keep writing because what else was there to do Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. um I think I penned maybe two more pieces after that because you know it had trickled down and they were like you know we don't have any money to pay for these things um and at that point, I was just I was really discouraged, but I just kept writing anyways. And like they were able to find like a little bit of money to like, you know, compensate me for my time. But for me, it wasn't about the money. It was it was about the stories because mm. I felt like I was so deep into it and I had so many things planned and so much stuff was happening. there was just St. Louis was on such this momentum like yeah. we were in a bubble it's almost like when you just party and party and party and somebody's like you going to crash you going to crash that's that's what the pandemic felt like it felt mm. like we was on this really great track and like the bubble was about to burst and then the pandemic just slowed everybody down yeah and so myself out. included like i could still write about music but it was really weird to try to write about that and life was not normal yeah. like it just it felt really but at the same time People needed something to look forward to. And so I took the idea of, like, writing a piece that included everybody. Like, what Mm -hmm. was on my playlist? Because that was, like, the first time RFT let me put myself in a story where I was, like, I like this song and here's why I like it. Mm -hmm. And just showcasing what was my STL playlist of, like, artists uh, that I was listening to at the time. Um, But I had, like, slowed down. Benny, what was the question?
0: Like how the um <laughs> with the photo shoot with like Nayara.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: And how that come about?
1: Yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, but yes, yeah, so I I hadn't written anything maybe since like April, or maybe yeah April I think was the last time I wrote something. But then everything happened with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and et cetera, et cetera. And RFT wasn't even asking me for any music stuff because I was just like I just want to take a break, and they were cool with that. And then. Uh, the editor in chief reached out to me and he was like, Hey, we have this story that we want to pursue, but we'd like you to write it. And it's going to be a long form story, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I just, I was like, Okay. And that was it.
0: Mm. Now yeah. you have a newfound title with Audio Mac as well, too, right? No. No? No. Maybe somebody else I was listening to. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Yeah. I it have was. to
1: pee again. <laughs> Sorry. Yo, this is great. Please turn the music on.
0: Polite Coolery. Continue.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. So that was pretty much it with the cover story. Um, Since then, I haven't really been... Writing anything, but I am working on a piece right now with a new publication. Um, And I think it's really cool. That's pretty much all I can say about it. But don't spill the beans. I am still writing for RFT, but it's more so an at-will thing. And so I feel like I'm finally ready to pick it back up because winter is just like the worst. And we're really about to be in the house. So why not give people something to read and look forward to? And that's another thing that I liked. People were telling me that they looked forward to it, like, weekly. And I really appreciated that. Like, not in an arrogant way, but just, like, I think sometimes as a writer you you can be, like, in your own head or, like, in your own space. And I never really think about the fact that people are seeing it. Like, I never think about that people are reading it unless they say something to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, my writing is not one of those things that I can watch really in real time, like an Instagram picture. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can see how many people are liking it versus, like, you know, with an article, I can check it, like, oh, how many Facebook shares did it get? But I'm never consciously thinking about the reception of anything that I write. Mm. Makes sense.
0: I love Because I don't read a lot. But if I am going to read, it's definitely going to be by a black woman from St. Louis that I see out and, like, actually experiencing the events and not just... There because they are a writer, like yeah, yeah. You're there you're there you you actually because you want about to, yeah. 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 There's
1: a lot of like parachute journalism, that's what they call it, when mm-hmm. you just drop in and like yeah. think you know everything about the situation, but you haven't spent any time. Like you can spot those food from a mile away. You haven't cultivated the relationships or fully understood what you're writing about before mm-hmm. you write it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so let's talk about the parents. Mm-hmm. as mo said off air your dad and the story that you told us off air
2: yeah
0: um your Absolutely. dad seems like a very very interesting guy he's got his cape on yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a yeah. sounds like a good man yeah sounds like a great man so like how how was your like um i guess i don't want to get a cheesy question like what does your parents mean to you or like uh um, you
1: just asked about my upbringing
0: Basically, that works. Yeah, yeah.
1: Simple. <laughs> Thank you, Monty. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's um, why you get paid the business. You got it.
1: <laughs> um, so my parents. Um, it really starts with my grandparents, and I realized this the other day. Uh, my grandfather grew up in Cleveland, Mississippi. It's about an hour from Memphis. Okay. And um. Side note, there's a Grammy Museum in Cleveland, Mississippi, and it has, hmm. like, the famous Beyonce white lace dress from, like, the 2017 Grammys or oh something, God. like, I'm during the Drunken in Love era. I'm always in Tunica, Mississippi. Yeah, it's in Cleveland, Mississippi, a Grammy Museum. There's, like, five Grammy museums in the country, and one of them is Damn. there. But anyway, so okay. um, I think about often, like, had my grandfather not left Mississippi, he would have never met my grandma, and... Uh, they had kind of, like, a yours, mine, and our situation. Like, he had his own kids. She was, like, ending a marriage when they met. And Brady bunched it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, total, they had six kids, but my dad was the only child they had together. Oh. Yeah. And so, um, my dad was the the baby of the family, and uh, his oldest brother was, like, outliving his life by the time my dad was born. But because my grandparents... We were married and they were like, they're like life partners and business partners. Like, my grandmother was really heavy into like real estate. And my grandfather, uh, all he knew how to do really, or what his passion was, was fixing cars. So he was uh, an auto body man. And so my grandparents owned Lonnie's Auto Body on uh, Broadway mm. for yeah. 24 years. And um, I pretty much grew up there. Also, side note, they're turning that into a CBD store, and it's really just gentrified, and I really think niggas are going to, like, rob the fuck out of them in Dayton. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> but, okay. you know, niggas don't be doing what CBD is. They don't. Right, so, hey, We're going to get high. Like,
2: no, they're going
1: to so. rob them. We're going to be chill. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, they recently, uh, they, they retired uh, in January, and so... Because of that, they had, like, so many, like, different avenues of income, and so since they were really into real estate, my grandparents had, like, rental properties, and so they had one rental property, like, over on the north side, and they would send my dad to go pick up the rent, and so they sent my dad, and that's how he met my mom, because my mom lived at the house with her family, Mm -hmm. and, like, my mom, she had so much just, like swag about her and when people say oh should a woman shoot her shot that was my mom my mom would be the one to shoot her shot Mm -hmm. and sometimes sometimes she would bring the rent to my grandparents house and she would ask my uncles where your brother at you know that sort of thing (laughs) and they just like really hit it off obviously (laughs) and so um but they um things didn't work out between them ultimately but um when they divorced I ended up living with my dad and my mom was just kind of like I felt like she was always looking for herself and always searching for herself throughout my life and my dad um always had stability so like Mm. my mom grew up in East St. Louis and she came from a sort of like chaotic household my dad always had stability because he had both his parents he had they were they were a black family living like middle class or in a time where black families weren't living middle class in St. Louis. They were like in that new class of people who were, who were moving to like Castle Point and mm. um, uh, Bell Fountain, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so that was back in a time where it was a lot of white people still living there, you know, before, mm-hmm. you know, like the different migrations that have happened in St. Louis city and county. And all of my aunts and uncles went to Riverview, like before it became how people like to talk down on it now, but mm-hmm. that was my family's like legacy because Riverview was a great school back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, but my mom went to Beaumont, um, I think she was there at the same time, so does mine. <laughs> Nelly. Was Nelly at Beaumont at one point?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He had some mm-hmm. sort of connection to that area, mm-hmm. um, but I just remember she, my mom had said she, like she knew him growing up or something like that. We all did, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but um. So, like, my parents were a really good example of, like, the haves and the have-nots. They were polar opposites mm-hmm. as far as, like, socioeconomic status. But it didn't matter. But my my mom was, like, always looking for herself, and I didn't, like, grow up with her and that sort of thing. And so, um, like, the last time I had seen her, really, I was 13, and she was, like, moving to Florida. Um, but I always had, like, a really great stable life with my dad and even now I say that my dad's my best friend and we're I think I think my dad's one of my soulmates because a soulmate can be anybody there's Mm -hmm. like almost 8 billion people on the planet but Mm -hmm. from the moment I was born him and I had the sort of connection that me and my mom never had Mm -hmm. and so um my voice sounds shaky but I've been talking I'm not crying (laughs) (laughs) y'all but um yeah so I hadn't seen my mom since I was, like, 13. Like, we would talk here and there, but she wasn't really a part of, um, like, the big steps in my life, big things happening for me. And uh, 2017, like, we had started talking again, and I knew she had cancer and whatnot. And, like, right after I graduated college, like, around, like, late June, early July, she asked if I could fly out to Florida. I'm 23 at this point, mm. and she hadn't seen me since I was, like, 12, or 13. Mm. And, um... I went and saw her, and, like, we talked, and I felt like she had she had a lot to get off her chest. But just the way that my dad raised me, my dad never bad-mouthed my mom my entire okay. life. Mm. He never, like, said things around me. He never, like, you know, even when I knew that there was stuff going on between them, like, he never... I never heard it but mm. from him.
0: I would say from him, but what right. about other people?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not, not from my dad's side of the family, never. Okay. Um, But I'm not close with my mom's side of the family, like, at all, but... My mom definitely like felt some type of way, which you know she was human, but um, yeah, so like I went and visited her, and I never harbored any like anger or like grudges in my heart like toward her, and so she said a lot of things that she needed to say, and that did she was...
0: assume you did like she thought you felt some kind of way,
1: I don't think so, I think, okay. Because she was in hospice when I went to visit her, because she okay, she had cancer okay. real bad, okay. and um, I could just tell that she was kind of like trying to be at peace with like her decisions of how she raised her kids, mm-hmm. but also, um, she was just really struggling to just like get it out, and I feel, I feel like she was trying to feel better if she knew that I was receptive to it yeah. and I was mm-hmm. and I think because she hadn't been around me so long she couldn't gauge like like how y'all said in just yeah. the episode I look unimpressed like she didn't she know She know how
0: you was taking yeah, it Yeah, she didn't okay. know I was taking
1: it cuz she just she ain't know me like that really. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, like I was there with her for like 5 days after not seeing her for 10 years and I went home and like 2 days after I went home she passed away.
0: Like it was that that visit um like was that the I guess like the closure that you wanted or each both of you wanted like or did or did you not even go into that just thing in closure you just wanted to kind of just talk
1: I just kind of wanted to just just see I wasn't expecting anything I've mm-hmm. I've been through the whole hospice thing like I've seen it before mm, okay and so I like I know, like, when people are in hospice and it's close to the end, there comes a time, there's, there's like, a point in time where they just stop talking. And mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. she was at this, like, kind of, like, hallucinative stage where she keeps repeating the same yep. things and doesn't know that she, like, said it. And so she just kept going through that stage. And so, like, I didn't feel any sort of way. Like, I didn't feel... Sad. I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel angry. I just, I didn't really feel any type of way. I just felt mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm here, and I'm, I'm, I'm here. And that was that.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, my great-grandfather went through the same, like, mm-hmm. deal where it's on hospice, and then they start, like, hallucinating and telling things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that, go, it, was, it was really heartbreaking, yeah. like, to, like, see it. It was just like, wow. Like, yeah. this strong, like, of course, he lives, this is ninety. Oh, I want to say it was four, and my whole life I know him just be to just stand up, mm-hmm. talk, project, and then once I didn't understand what was like being said, it was just like oh man, it's that time, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's a scary, scary feeling, but um. yeah, that's 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 definitely dope though that you uh. But I will like, say like, relationship with your people. Like
1: about my dad, my dad's like super funny and interesting and just like what's his son? he's a cancer
2: mm, okay. yeah, yeah, mom's a cancer
1: yeah yeah but my dad's one of those people where he's just like he's observant and he just gives people a lot of chances but like once you reach that point with him he's just kind of like hmm, I'm, I'm I'm done dealing yeah. with, with these sorts of things but he's a really uh loving person and Mo Mo had asked me before we were recording about like how I grew up in Jennings to Florissant to Chesterfield like my dad was, um, he's always worked um, for a well-known electric company in the area. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> okay. and so, like, he's just... Um, he put the work in. Yeah, he put the work in. Okay. They, they pay for him to go to school. And, like, uh-huh. that's what I tell people about jobs. Like, jobs don't have to just be jobs. Like, you yeah. can make that shit work that's for real. you. And it's yep. like, you can get them to pay for you to go to school. And by the time he retires, he's already got, like, his secondary like income that's been rolling since i was a kid i told you my grandparents had rental properties my dad has 10 now you know and it's just like stuff like that i tell people this all the time it's like you know just like letting these jobs work for you and like i feel like the best advice my dad has given me about going to work is treating it just like work like just treat it as that because you don't always have to get something out of these jobs but like if you're gonna he always says that he likes our generation because we're the generation that's not going to put up with some BS jobs because Mm -hmm. we'll leave because we are the workforce and we are the influence and we're, we're coming up with all the creative stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's like, You have people that stay at jobs for 15, 20 years, and they complain about it the whole time, time. but won't leave, you know? And it's just like, us, we'll be like, fuck these jobs, be somewhere for six months, and get a job somewhere else. My friend, uh, her sister's really good at, like, staying at a job, asking for a promotion, getting the promotion, and then dipping so she can go somewhere else and get that plus that title? Yeah. Being like, she'll she'll negotiate, let's say, for example, she'll she'll negotiate for $106,000, and then she gets it. A month later, like, during that whole time, she's interviewing somewhere else because once she gets (laughs) that, she can tell this other job, I got 106 here and and I was there for four years. Now I want 120. And, like, they'll do it, you know? Because our generation is just so smart, so creative, so just, like, the it thing, especially black and brown people. Like, we don't have to stay at these jobs if we don't want to.
0: Girls straight flipping jobs. Hey, bro, that's crazy. Like, that's dope. Absolutely.
1: And, like... And that's the other thing. I think so many people um, like in our age range, like they feel like if they don't have a degree that they can't do certain things or they feel Mm -hmm. insecure about it. And it's like so many of these jobs, if you're paying attention, if you're actually looking for a career and not just a job, if you're looking at it, a lot of times they say or commensurate experience. That's you creating, you know, videos. That's y'all making this podcast. That's 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 you doing the editing and, like, all of this stuff. Like, you have experience and people don't really fully understand how to write it on their resume to reflect what they're, doing. Like what they're uh, actually yeah. doing. Like, today, I wrote an email for uh, the president of the university I work at. Technically I just did executive communications like if you think about it <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. like See, that's not really my main that's it. not my
1: main job but technically that's what I did and so it's like you got to you got to not necessarily finesse, but just like leverage the stuff that you're doing, because all of it counts,
0: especially if, if it, you wrote it and it works and it did its job. Yeah. What it's supposed yeah. to do is like, all right, okay. that counts. Like yeah. It's like uh, that
1: counts. Like you could say you're a writer, you're, you know, a host, you are a media personality and all of those things are true. And a lot of the times they're not even looking at the fact like nobody cares if you have a degree or not. And they're not even about to ask you for your transcripts. So if you're working towards something like (laughs) if you're working towards something and you want to be an entrepreneur, that's great. But if you're working towards something and you feel like I want to work at this company so bad, more than likely you can because you're selling yourself. And it's not always a black and white sort of thing Mm -hmm. of like, oh, you're really great, but. Uh, Jamal over here went to such and such a school and he doesn't really have as much experience because they want to know can you do the job Yep. can you yep. do the thing that they want you to do
0: mm. and with that said Moni do you have any message for the youth or was that the message
1: for the youth uh, message the for message the for the youth is to wash your hands mm-hmm. um, <laughs> drink water take your echinacea lozenges um, let me write that down you don't do you need that thing or do you want it? Do you have savings right now? Like that's that's my message to the youth. I like that. Like, and that was, also also tell your dog I said hi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright guys, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs>